This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for another episode of ham talk live this is episode number 46 receiver comparisons and beverages with dave anderson k4sv recorded live on thursday january 5th 2017 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live Tonight we'll be joined by Dave Anderson, K4SV. Dave is going to take your questions about comparing receivers and using beverage antennas. We'll take your calls live in just a few minutes, and I'll let you know when it's time to do that. Last week, Emmett was here, Emmett Honesy III, W0QH, the chief engineer from Radio Waves, and he was here to talk about antenna building. And we had more calls and tweets than we could possibly handle last week. So uh, we're going to have him back soon. And uh, we'll talk about the Hamvention Superstation that's going to take place at this year's Dayton Hamvention. And we'll take more of your antenna questions. So um, we'll have him on in a few weeks. So if we didn't get to you, we'll we'll try to get those um, taken care of at that point. If you missed that show, all you got to do is pull up hamtalklive.com, and you can listen on demand. Or if you're a a podcast fanatic, we are also on most podcasting services like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, YouTube, all those kinds of things. So uh, you can catch us on those as well. Uh, Before we take a break here and um, talk to Dave, just wanted to mention that uh, John Amadeo, NN6JA, dropped me a note uh, with some great news uh, saying that the ratings of Last Man Standing on ABC have uh, continued to climb. Uh, They set a new high mark in households, total viewers at 3.06 million, um, and matching its all-time highs among adults 18 to 49 and adults 25 to 54, a whopping 43% rating growth since Last Man Standing September launch. And um, there's indications that it's going to keep going up. So um, while some shows are known to experience growth in the first months uh, in syndication, as newer viewers uh, discover them, um, they don't usually have such a a steep upward trajectory. So uh, that's kind of rare. And uh, right now they're the number four ranked show in syndication. So uh, the syndication thing is going really well for them and uh, and gets a little bit of a word about ham radio out there. So uh, if you want to hear more about uh, Last Man Standing, 
and how ham radio ties into that show, check out ham talk live episode number 40, uh, when, uh, John is on the air with us. Okay. Well, um, get your beverage questions ready to go and, and some receiver comparisons, um, get those questions ready to go. We're going to talk to Dave here for just a bit, and then we will take your calls. Um, how you can reach us uh, when it's time uh, for calls. The number is 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. And you can also Skype us at Ham Talk Live. Um, you can also tweet your questions uh, even right now. You can tweet your questions, and that's uh, at Ham Talk Live. Uh, but we'll take your calls live um, after um, we take a break and um, talk to Dave for a while. So we'll be back with Dave right after this word from the Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by the Ham Station. For over 37 years, the Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, and Amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Out of all of the ham radio podcasts in the world, this is definitely one of them. You are listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The Ham Station has you covered with both new and used equipment. Uh, give them a call. Dan or Jeff at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. Tell them you heard it right here on Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show, you can listen to the archive on the website or download it from most popular podcasting websites. Dave Anderson, K4SV, was first licensed as a novice in 1974 after learning about amateur radio while living with his parents in Germany for the United States Army. He liked electronics and tinkered with simple circuits until he became licensed. For his first job, he was hired by Ham to work as a repair tech in radio paging. Um, He went to school and became an engineer and uh, worked on telephone equipment. And uh, Dave met some hams who owned um, some two-way radio companies, and they needed some new products that would give them features that they could then sell. And so Dave started working from his garage to build innovative products to sell to these two-way dealers all over North and South America. Uh, His business grew, which enabled him to quit his job and focus on expanding his company. Dave owns, owes his success in commercial two-way radio to his hobby of Hammond Radio. Uh, because of his fondness of CW, he conducts code as well as theory classes. 
Dave is now at the top of the DXCC honor roll, having worked all 339 DXCC entities. As a de-expeditioner, he's worked from many remote and much-needed locations and uh, has been as far south as Peter One Island and west to Baker Island and Bhutan on to Africa. Uh, Dave is the director of SEDCO, that's the Southeast DX and Contesting Organization, and the W4DXCC. Um, he puts many hours into bringing people into the hobby. So, Dave, thank you so much for coming on to Ham Talk Live. Thanks a lot, Neil, and thanks for the invite. I'm always happy to help out wherever I can. So if you guys have some questions, uh, fire away. I'll be happy to answer whatever I can. Very good. And before we get going here, I do want to mention that that Dave's been very, very uh, generous to uh, the high school club that I uh, work with, that I sponsor, and uh, and has helped us uh, get some code classes going and and get some uh, equipment taken care of that uh, that really benefited the group. So can't thank you enough for that. And I know that you um, do all kinds of things to help bring people into the hobby and, and keep them going. And so uh, many thanks for all that you do on that. Oh, you're very welcome, and thanks. Uh, uh, I'm always here to help whenever I can. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, some of the um, evaluations that you do of receivers um, and, and comparing performance from one receiver to another and, and picking the right rig for what you want to accomplish. What are, are some of the things that you do to um, to do those comparisons? Well, I've been fortunate. I know a lot of people and I've had uh, a lot of radios myself. I, uh, uh, my, my goal is DXing primarily. I uh, chase DX on all the bands from 160 through 10 meters. I've done some EME work, uh, and I've just done a lot of different things. Uh, however, uh, you know, everybody has a different budget. Uh, my budget may be different than yours or someone else's. And uh, someone with skill can make their rigs uh, uh, do just about anything. But not everybody has the skill, and they need to start out somewhere. So in my uh, uh, DXing and chasing DXing, I, I love 160 meters. And uh, that requires some skill and uh, some equipment. As far as receivers and uh, being able to uh, compare one to the next, uh, the state of the art these days is excellent. You'll find uh, with uh, most of the radios anymore, there's not two bits of difference from a uh, operational standpoint where the human ear can actually hear. There are radios tested by Sherwood that show up to be better than other radios, but if you actually uh, operate them, uh, most people can't tell the difference between one type of radio or the other. So that really leads to uh, the ergonomics. And an ergonomics, for those that may not know that term, uh, are of the operational. Where are the VFO located? Where is the volume and the RF gain? And how easy is it to operate? Do I have to go into a menu to operate it? Do I have to have uh, other equipment associated with it to operate? So really, it depends on your budget. But I really think that uh, most radios that you find today 
under most conditions will provide about the same performance. Of course, you can spend a lot of money and get really great performance, or you can spend a reasonable amount of money and get excellent performance. So, you know, I, I can't really put my finger on one or the other. Uh, but the new DSP technology of today is is pretty great stuff. Yeah, now we had uh, Rob uh, Sherwood that you alluded to uh, on back on episode 29, and it's been one of our most popular episodes. And he gets in and talks about um, <clears throat> a little, you know, a, a lot about what you say is a lot of these rigs, uh, the modern rigs are pretty equivalent there's not a huge difference in those and so it comes down to um you know other things and he does all the measurements uh, of you know what's going to get the most out of the receiver but uh, it also really comes down to what you can afford and and uh, what you like um as far as as the ergonomics and 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 how clean the transmitter is uh, as well so what are some of those things that you specifically look for when you're picking a rig uh, as far as the ergonomics go? Well, you want to be able to uh, have more of the new modern features. Um, so having a radio with a, uh, a screen, perhaps uh, a radio with uh, a spectrum analyzer on it, allowing you to be able to look at the signals up and down from where you are is beneficial. Whether you're using that radio for contesting or you're using that radio for DXing uh, and chasing uh, signals, finding out where people are calling the DX station, uh, having a spectrum analyzer is a, today a very common thing. Some radios have them uh, as an external box, such as the Elecraft. Uh, some of them have them internally, such as some of the ICOM gear and the Kenwood gear. Uh, or radios like Flex, which uh, either use a external box uh, called a Maestro, which is kind of a, uh, a radio uh, front panel, or you can use your computer. But uh, in all these new radios, they support a spectrum analyzer, which is very beneficial. So when you use a radio, um, you, you need at least to have a good RF gain control. Having your radio at full RF gain is uh, not always beneficial. Uh, in the low bands, and as uh, we move into the low part of the sunspot cycle, we're going to find that uh, the lower bands are going to be where most of the QSOs are going to be made over the next uh, few years. So if you don't have, I suggest you put up an antenna for 80, maybe 160 meters, uh, and certainly 40 and 30 meters, because I think we're going to see most of the action below 17 meters over the next few years. Yeah, the uh, and we're going to have a, a show on sunspot cycles here soon, and that uh, it's definitely causing a change in those bands that you you pick out so yeah i agree so, the analyzers are great yeah the spectrum analyzer anymore is very handy um some of the radios have touch screens where you can touch the front of it and make the radio do things it's more akin to the state of the art much like a smartphone or an ipad or a, a tablet of some kind uh, where the humans are now finding that the ergonomics on these things are transitioning between a box with just knobs on it to a box with both touch screens and knobs 
or a combination of both, which makes it user-friendly where people can actually work on uh, listening to the actual signals on there. Now, and, and I don't want to pontificate on a whole lot of this, but I will tell you that um, really a good pair of headphones, uh, a, a good modern receiver, even though you can use the Heathkit uh, HW101 and still make contacts, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what happens is uh, with signals that are weak in the noise, you need a radio that doesn't generate a lot of internal noise in the receiver. Most modern receivers have very low noise, so you're able to copy. Some receivers have better software, which allows you to copy weak signals in a noisy environment, especially on the low bands. And that's where I hang out. And I have a few favorites uh, that I use uh, uh, specifically for just that reason. Uh, as the software develops on these radios, we're going to get better and better performance. But as it is today, we're going to find that uh, several of the top four of the radios uh, uh, work better than others in this particular situation. Okay, very good. That uh, Some good pointers on picking out um, a rig. Now, when we talk about receiving... Uh, one of the things, and I'll admit, I am I am not very familiar with these at all. But but one of the things um, is a good receive antenna that kind of eliminates some of that noise. And and you're a, a bit of an expert on these beverage antennas. So tell us a little bit about the beverage antennas, how those work, and and what some of the pros and cons are of that. Well, let me tell you, you know, again, in the hunt for DX, I have uh, 288 countries confirmed on 160 meters. Uh, that's uh, my passion. I love the low bands, but it's it's difficult. It's not like 20 meters where you can turn on any time, day and night, and work people all over the world. You have to wait for specific times. And so to to have that ability, you need to actually put up what's called a receiving antenna. And a beverage is a type of receiving antenna. Um, it's not a stack of beer cans. It's actually a, a wave antenna that consists of a, a wire uh, of a decent length suspended over the ground, sometimes laying on the ground, which it's then called a beverage on ground or a bog antenna. But a good beverage antenna is between three and four feet above the ground, and it's pointed in the direction that you want to listen. It's easy to do, nothing scientific about it. My friend uh, Bill, W4ZV, which we call him Mr. 160, he can hear everybody. So I went to his house to learn the magic of beverages. Well, believe it or not, it's not very scientific. You can read books and everything, and they tell you you need to slope the ends this way and do this and adjust that. Well, my experience is, and I've got lots of beverages, and I've put them up in all my friends' house, that you, and this is right out of Bill's mouth, he says, run it as far as you can, drop it to the ground, and terminate it. There's nothing scientific. But let me tell you, what it gives you is a directional antenna made from just $20 worth of wire. The wire could be 
old aluminum uh, animal uh, electric fence wire. It can be uh, number 12 house wire. It can be speaker wire. It can be anything. So essentially you run it from uh, one point in the direction that you want to listen, and it provides a very directional uh, antenna, attenuating noise from the back and off the sides. And on the low bands, and in and it works all the way up through 30 meters very well, you listen in a cone uh, towards the direction you're listening, and uh, it improves the signal to noise. So you're not hearing noise from behind you and off the side of you. It's an excellent antenna and very easy to use. Um, I've probably put up 20 myself, and my friends all have them. And uh, you go to your favorite uh, antenna store, and mine is Home Depot. I go there, and I can source everything I need. I get the PVC pipe, the T's, the two-foot rebar, uh, and uh, you take it home, and you build yourself this antenna, and it works great. All right. Now, um, how do you interface that beverage antenna into your station? So... Are you using a separate radio? Are you using a switch? Uh, how do you how do you toggle between the two? Obviously, I guess a, a separate radio would be nice, but that's not always affordable. Yeah, that's not probably what you want to do because you're going to need to be able to listen and transmit. So here's what you need to do. Since this is just a receive antenna, um, it, it's it's a wave antenna. Okay, and so if you can visualize for just a second having a long piece of wire and imagine the electromagnetic waves coming in from the direction that the antenna is pointing to. As they strike the wire, they convert from a magnetic wave to electric wave or uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, provide electric uh, uh, electron flow in the wire and from the far side, which is generally terminated with a uh, 470-ohm resistor to a ground rod. The electrons are pushed by the radio waves down the wire to the back side of the wire. And back there, you wind yourself a uh, 9-to-1 transformer made from a, a binocular core, two turns to five turns, and those two turns uh, come out as 75 ohms and you use regular RG6 and you run it from a little box that you make at the back of the receive antenna and you run it into the shack. Now, depending upon what kind of radio you have, if you have a radio that does not have a receive antenna input, uh, and most of the modern radios do, you can buy uh, a couple interface boxes. Uh, one's made by DX Engineering, another one's made by MFJ. And what it does is it takes your standard antenna port on your radio, and when you're not transmitting, it switches that antenna over to a second port, and that's where you would hook your receive antenna. And you would receive uh, like you would off of your main transmit antenna, but it would actually switch over on receive, and when you went to transmit, it switches back and then transmits out on your transmit antenna. And that's the general way of uh, improving receive on the low bands. Uh, if you have a receive antenna on your radio, of course, you hook that RG6 to the back of your radio, 
selected on the uh, on the radio, and now you're listening on the receive and transmitting on your transmit antenna. It's just about that easy. the The last trick to this is is uh, people always ask me how should I put a preamp in there because the the audio is really low and the signals are low. Well, not only is the signal low, but the the difference between the noise level and the signal level has increased due to the fact it's a directional antenna pointing in the direction that you're trying to hear. And this gives you a better signal to noise. And you can use the internal preamp internal to the radio, but the object is not to amplify the heck out of it to a point where it's uh, just as loud as the transmit antenna. So that that's really the the receive antenna in a nutshell. They're very easy to make. Uh, all the stuff is available at your local hardware store, and uh, I can put up one now in in an hour's time, and they work excellent. Very good information. Appreciate uh, you sharing that with us, and I'm sure uh, some people have some questions about that. So when we come back. Uh, we will start uh, taking your calls. Again, that number is 812-NET-TAM-1. Uh, we will open that up shortly. I'll let you know when uh, when to do that, but you can get ready to call in. Uh, you can go ahead and tweet us if you want to. In fact, we've got a couple of questions already on Twitter. Um, our handle is at HamTalkLive. So we'll be back with um, Dave and take your questions right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Hamfest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and ham sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and Hampro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. CQ, CQ, CQ. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show once again tonight and uh, help bring you Ham Talk Live. They're taking a break from the Hamfest tour for a couple of weeks, but uh, they're going to be back at it January 14th. They will be in Orlando at UCF, that's the University of Central Florida, and then Fort Myers, Florida, St. Charles, Illinois, and Collinsville, Illinois, and of course, Hamcation, they'll be there. Um, so in the meantime, give them a call if you need something, 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com. Tell them you heard it here on Ham Talk Live, and be sure to listen 
to us here on Ham Talk Live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on HamTalkLive.com. Also, check out our Facebook uh, and Twitter uh, feeds. We have uh, stuff on there between shows and also make some announcements about the show. Just search for Ham Talk Live. So now it's time for your calls. So if you have a question, now is the time to call. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261, or you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live, or you can also tweet Ham Talk Live. And we're going to start off with a question from Twitter. It's from K0MD, Dr. Scott Wright. And uh, he says, hi, Dave. Thanks for all of the technical evaluations and practical articles you write on the hobby. And he wants to know what is the minimum DR3 and RMDR you think the low band DXer needs or the contester needs. So, Dave? Well, <laughs> now we're getting a little bit more technical. We're getting just a little more technical, well, I, I would say so. So, <laughs> so, so to not take it too into the technical, because we could be here all night, and I think we'll run out of time. I, I will tell you that uh, the high-end radios have uh, very good uh, reciprocal mixing dynamic range numbers. Uh, generally, as you know, uh, uh, Sherwood uh, measures all this stuff. Uh, really, it's all about um, listening to uh, signals uh, without having the radio cause you trouble uh, through trying to decode um, weak signals or, or strong signals that are actually located adjacent to you. And in the case of contesting, uh, you want really good numbers where um, you're not hearing the guy beside you. But what ends up happening is the guy beside you has not the best transmitter, and you end up having trouble with that, uh, and so it kind of affects your radio. So not to dodge uh, um, uh, Scott's uh, question, um, I think that really the key here is uh, is to have a radio that is able to copy weak signals uh, and do it in such a way that the internal DSP can um, discern signals that are coherent, that are normal, uh, what you would have with a uh, intelligible signal versus wideband noise, and be able to decode the uh, coherent signal uh, during the weak conditions or perhaps in, in uh, high QRN conditions. And uh, uh, that, I'm not sure, is related necessarily to an RMDR or a DR3 number. Uh, I think that has to do a lot with the way the software is set up in the radio. So if that's an answer, that's the best one I can give you. Without a couple of hours of... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we'd have to open a beer or something and talk over for an hour. So... Uh, at this point, I think uh, your best choice is uh, to find a radio uh, of the available radios that works the best for you in that condition. All right. And, and speaking of that, grab your favorite beverage and then give us a call. Not a beverage antenna, but give us a call and ask about a beverage antenna or anything uh, else you want to ask uh, Dave at 812-NET. Ham one for the Alpha Challenge. That's eight one two six three eight four two six one, or you can um, 
tweet us at Ham Talk Live or Skype us at Ham Talk Live. So we would like to take your questions for Dave K4SV. So give us a call, 812-NET-HAM-1. Um, Neil, you yeah. know, let me, I don't mean to interrupt, but, no, go uh, ahead. you know, I find in this hobby that uh, everybody loves to do stuff, but a lot of people are afraid to just go out and do something. They're, for whatever reason, they're un, unsure that the outcome will be a good one or not. Well, I think that everybody needs to go build some antennas. First of all, they're not super scientific. Uh, you can build simple antennas or compli- complex antennas. Uh, but in, in reality, um, everybody needs to have several different kinds of antennas. So if we take our beverage antenna, uh, for example, People hear that and they go, oh, goodness, this has to be difficult to do. Trust me, it is so easy. Um, I could give you a list. Uh, If you want to send me an email, I'll send you a list of parts you need to come up with. Uh, And the only complex part in the whole antenna is sourcing a binocular core. I think they're 55 cents at Mauser and you wind it with whatever wire. It's a very simple project. So what I would say is don't be afraid to attempt an antenna project. Uh, And you may be on a postage stamp size lot. That's okay. You'd be surprised at what antennas you could actually build and have a a whole lot of fun on operate. Very good. Well, actually, that was what I was getting ready to ask, was how would you suggest going about uh, making a beverage or uh, uh, a similar antenna? Um, I also heard I heard on, on a friend's podcast that some people are saying that they're going to, instead of beverage antennas, they're going to multiple verticals. What do you What's your thoughts on that? Well, I will tell you that uh, since we were talking about beverage, I have uh, five, six different types of antennas here at my house. I'm fortunate I moved to the country. Um, One of my uh, best and uh, uh, best performing antennas is a product made by Hi-Z, now sold under uh, DX Engineering. It's called an 8-Circle. It has eight 24-foot verticals in a 200-foot diameter circle. And its primary job is a rotatable directional antenna. Now, it doesn't physically move. You switch the direction remotely from the shack, and you point it in whatever direction. And it has a very good RDF value of 12, 13, which is very directional. Uh, that is uh, a great antenna. That's maybe out of the range for a lot of people because of its physical size. However, uh, you could go with a smaller antenna called a four-square. It uses also 24-foot high verticals. Uh, you rotate it in uh, four different directions. It's easy to hook up and uh, make that work. Uh, you can also build what's called a Waller flag, uh, which is essentially a couple vertical loops that are uh, rotatable. Uh, You can have a number of antennas, and and the key to it is some days the beverages work better, some days my rotatable eight-circle works better. So really, if you have all that, you're in high cotton. 
All right, very good. And we do have a call on the line. Who's this? Yeah, this is Brian, KC9KUH. Hello, Neil. Hi, Brian. Thanks for calling in. What's your question for Dave tonight? Yeah, I was curious. Uh, have you ever messed with the beverage on the ground uh, type of beverage antenna compared yeah. to the very uh, standard beverage? Yeah, Brian, I actually have. Uh, I've uh, installed uh, bog antennas, beverage on ground antennas. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a bog antenna. Um, the only downside is is it's located, since it lays on the ground, a lot of the signal that is picked up by the antenna is coupled directly to ground. So what you will find is that the signal coming off of a bog antenna, it's still directional, uh, is lower than what you would get from a regular beverage uh, three or four feet off of the ground. But it is a directional antenna. Uh, a friend of mine uh, lives in a city. Uh, when he needs to work DX, he goes out at night and he lays an antenna right on the street, a couple bricks in the curb, and right over in the cars drive over it, and everybody's happy, and he lays it out across the neighborhood, and when he's done, he rolls it back up. There's nothing to matter with the bog antenna. They're just lower uh, signal output, Brian. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I thank you, and uh, thanks, Neil, for the show. Uh, I'll be listening to the rest of it. All right, Brian. Thanks for giving us a call. Okay, no problem. All right, bye now. 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261 is the phone number, or you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live. We have about five minutes remaining, so if you want to make a call and ask a question, now's the time to do so. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, or you can tweet us. Uh, you can reach us uh, via Twitter if you don't want to call in. Um, that's at Ham Talk Live. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of heard about the the vertical thing and and uh, found that that interesting. Um, what what's your feelings on on the SDR versus the the superheterodyne? I, I know you said you know you like the ergonomics of having the analyzer. Um, what's your thought well, on that? Well, Neil, I uh, I'm fortunate. I have uh, a Flex 6700 and an ICOM 7851 and a uh, K3 here, uh, and all of them I use. Um, the uh, the newest technology out is uh, what's called direct sampling. Uh, that's what you'll find in a uh, ICOM 7300 and the new announced 73, uh, excuse me, 7610 that will be available probably around Dayton time, uh, and what the Flex does. Uh, Flex came out with it uh, first, uh, and uh, it's a really cool technology. It takes uh, RF and directly to uh, baseband into the DSP. The DSP does all the detection and uh, provides the audio to the human who needs it in analog form. One of these days we'll get it in digital form, but not today. So, <laughs> as soon uh, as we get assimilated by the Borg, is that that, that that's absolutely right? <laughs> you, you hook it up to your input port, and you're good to go. But really, truly, um, uh, all the radios work very well. Uh, I I'm an old guy. I guess I'm 60, and uh, I really like radios with knobs and. And I will tell you, when you're listening on the radio, it doesn't matter what band. Uh, when you're trying to listen for a weak signal while DXing, um, 
you you have to concentrate and i find it best with a uh, a radio with knobs because my brain tells my fist to move the knob one way or the other to allow my brain to tweak in the uh signals so my preference is uh, rather than a pc based uh, sdr and they've got them all over the place now from very low cost $20 things through hundreds of thousands of dollar uh, SDRs. Uh, they all have their merits and they're all great, uh, but I really truly like something with a knob because it provides the human uh, control over the actual listening of a signal directly without having to move a mouse or roll a wheel or do something like that. So that's my personal preference. As far as performance goes, um, I I have all three radios, and uh, I tend to want to use uh, the radios with knobs uh, versus my uh, my PC controlled ones. So if uh, that helps you at all, uh, and uh, the radios of today are, are awesome performance. I, I just think they're great. Yeah, they are, and 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 I too, I I, I got to have that knob now. It could be, you know, a USB knob. You know, it it could be something like that. But it just, and, and it's got to be a heavy knob too. It, it can't be. Oh you know, yeah, some, some the, real light knob. It's got to be a heavy knob. Yeah, and I think uh, somebody that has maybe a hand-me-down TS five twenty or a, a radio like that, which is perfectly fine, that wants to jump into the new uh, radio. Um, you know, I hate to recommend one brand over the other, but you need to look when you buy a radio what uh, features you can get for the amount of money that you're going to spend. And I think the best uh, deal on the market today is the ICOM 7300 for a, 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 a ham that is trying to replace an old radio that wants some of the features like a spectrum analyzer and DSP and direct sampling. The ICOM 7300 is hard to beat, and I think it goes for about $1,300 these days. Uh, but for a starter radio or someone that's just getting into the hobby that would like to buy something modern and state-of-the-art, I don't know. That uh, 7300 is a hard uh, hard choice. Of course, there's lots of used gear, and I'm not discounting that. There's uh, a lot of good stuff, but uh, for the dollar spent and the bang for the buck, uh, the ICOM for me is a, a good choice, and I usually recommend that to a lot of people that ask. Yeah, it's an excellent, excellent choice, and uh, I, I've been a Kenwood fan all my life. But this the seventy three hundred is is starting to make me shift a little bit because well, it's just, it's you know, fabulous. You're, you're right. I uh, when I first got licensed in nineteen seventy four, I uh, had bought uh, Heathkit uh, HR ten and a, a DX sixty B and a HG ten VFO and. I got my advanced uh, a few months later, and I went to Henry Radio at the time. Uh, I think HRO uh, used to be uh, a lot of the Henry stores. And I bought, uh, with my mom's help, for $629 a Kenwood TS520. And boy, was that a great radio. I had Kenwoods all the way up through the 870s, and I ended up uh, switching over to an ICOM 756 Pro uh, from Ray Novak. 
And uh, I really love the ICOM stuff. It, uh, the spectrum analyzer for me is a, a key feature of using the radio. Yeah, I'm going to have to cut you off, sorry. But that's a wrap for Ham Talk Live this week. Uh, be sure to join us next week. John Davis will be here to talk about D-Star. So 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Seven three and good luck from Ham Talk Live.